This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Millions of Americans would like to lose some unwanted pounds. And recent research finds that intermittent fasting does result in weight loss with few restrictions or complicated regimens. The good thing is that you're able to eat whatever you want on that window. You don't have to count calories. You don't have to decrease the amount of carbs. You don't have to do anything specific. Then, an expert in mental health issues related to race discrimination says many are diagnosed and mistreated. Whether it be medical doctors or mental health or social work or whatever, you have to familiarize yourself with, you know, the issues of people of color. And one of those major issues right now is race-based stress and trauma. Those two stories and more are ahead on this week's show. Stay with us. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack. The weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. If you've ever considered fasting as a way to lose weight, recent research shows the right kind of fasting can help you drop some unwanted pounds. To explain, we welcome Sofia Cienfuegos, dietitian and intermittent fasting researcher at University of Illinois at Chicago. Sophia, before we get to the results of the study you co-authored, tell us how you gathered the data for this. So intermittent fasting has been gaining a ton of popularity lately, mainly because there's a lot of people that hate counting calories and restricting calories. So intermittent fasting has been shown to be a safe and effective alternative to weight loss that does not require people like consciously restricting calories. So we basically designed this trial after a few studies that showed that the 16-8 method were pretty successful in people with obesity. So we decided to run this study. It was a clinical trial, a randomized controlled trial. We had three different groups. One group did an 18-hour fast with a six-hour eating window. The other group did a 20-hour fast with a four-hour eating window, and we also had a control group. And it was about a year of data collection, and we finished everything, and we luckily got published in a really good journal. (laughs) Very good. Obviously, everyone's curious about the results of this. And just to, again, explain, the way this works is you can only eat during certain hours of the day, Exactly. So time-restricted feeding is a specific time of intermittent fasting, and it involves restricting the time that you eat each day to a specific window. So we tested a six-hour window and a four-hour window. It sounds a little bit brutal, but people were actually able to stick very well to both interventions, and actually we had no dropouts. So that was pretty significant because people liked both interventions. So that's one of our findings. People were able to do it and they liked doing it. In the beginning, I was a little scared of the four hour because it's a really short window. But the good thing is that you're able to eat whatever you want on that window. You don't have to count calories. You don't have to decrease the amount of carbs. You don't have to do anything specific. You can eat your favorite traditional foods. And because you're restricting the time, people unconsciously restrict calories. So we saw a 550 calorie restriction without any like intention to restrict them, without counting calories. Was there a difference between the four-hour time-restricted feeding diet and the six-hour feeding diet? There was no difference. And actually, that's also another finding. We thought that the longer the fasting hours, the better results. But actually, we saw that 
fasting for longer than 18 hours is not going to give you any more benefits. So an 18 hour fast, at least according to our study, would be like the top, no more. <laughs> We're talking with Sofia Cienfuegos, a dietitian and intermittent fasting researcher at University of Illinois at Chicago, talking about a study that she co-authored, which involved daily fasting diets and that they were effective in helping people lose weight. Sophia, was there any follow-up after the study to see if people kept that weight off? There was no proper following, so it wasn't part of the design, but actually a lot of the participants kept on reporting to me and asking me questions about how to continue, and most of them were able to keep the weight off. But this wasn't official. This wasn't actually part of the study. But a lot of them reported to me that they were actually able to stick to the diets even though the study stopped. Other than weight loss, were there other health benefits seen in the participants? Yes, so we saw a significant reduction in insulin resistance and also in fasting insulin, and that's pretty significant because fasting has been shown to decrease insulin resistance, and this would be a great finding for diabetes progression or diabetes risk. We also found uh, significant reductions in oxidative stress. That's also a really great finding. Oxidative stress is related to many, many chronic diseases. And we saw that both groups decreased their oxidative stress significantly pre and post intervention. But we didn't saw any effects on cholesterol, lipids or inflammation. No effect there, I guess. No. And you say people can eat anything they want during this window That sounds pretty good. But six hours, so you might go 1 p.m. to 7 p.m. is when you're allowed to eat. And then the whole rest of the time, you can what, just drink liquids? We allowed water, tea, coffee. We allowed some non-caloric sweeteners. And we also allowed, in people that really needed it, diet sodas (laughs) during the fasting hours. Were there any side effects that people suffered, such as feeling uh, dizzy or anything like that? Yes, we saw some side effects, but most of the side effects lasted for just one week. Most of them tended to disappear after the first week. And that's very normal because during the first week, your body's like getting used to this new uh, regimen. So the most common side effects on the first few weeks, it's a little dizziness, headaches. Some people reported constipation and dry mouth. Dry mouth was the only side effect that lasted a little bit longer than just one week. In terms of weight loss, can you give us a percentage that people generally lost on this diet? Yes. So this diet was an eight-week intervention, and we saw a 3% weight loss in both interventions. So they were able to lose 3% of their body weight without consciously restricting calories. So if you were 200 pounds, you would have lost six pounds. Yeah, exactly. It depends on the initial weight. And this is without counting calories. So that's the main thing. So if you would have wanted to count calories, if you would included a specific diet inside there, maybe weight loss would have been greater. But we didn't change anything. We didn't give any dietary advice whatsoever, nothing. And they still lost 3% in just eight weeks eating their normal foods. Yep. Do you plan any follow-up studies after this research? 
Oh, yeah, there are many, many follow-ups for this research. We want to study time-restricted feeding in specific metabolic syndromes or polycystic ovarian syndromes or type 2 diabetes. And also we want to see if we combine time-restricted feeding with maybe a low-carb diet or a low-fat diet or a keto diet that's so popular nowadays, if any of these mixes would induce greater weight loss or greater results in terms of cardiometabolic health. Well, it sounds like you could probably write a best-selling book based on this diet because so (laughs) many people are interested in losing weight. There's a lot of people interested. Sophia, any last words for our listeners on your research? Yes, I would like to say that time-restricted feeding has been shown to be a safe method for healthy adults normal weight, overweight, or obese, but there are some people that shouldn't try this regimen, specifically women who are trying to conceive of who are pregnant or breastfeeding or someone with a major health condition or anyone who has a history of eating disorders. But besides those healthy adults, it is a safe method. Sofia Cienfuegos, a dietitian and intermittent fasting researcher at the University of Illinois at Chicago. Sophia, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Next, race-based trauma and stress misdiagnosed. That story coming up. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this. 